0: Welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, got a, I don't think this is, this is a new combination. I don't think we've ever had just an Alex and Nathan podcast. But it's recruiting time, so that's what we're going with today. And our, <laughs> our good friend Ryan is, uh, is on the road right now, so we're going with what we have. Um, so let's just get right into it. Yesterday was National Signing Day, which... I know for guys like you and me, like pretty much a national holiday uh, for both of us.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those days where I I try my best at work to clear off my schedule because I know I'm not going to get much done that day. I'm I'm spending way too much time on my phone.
0: Yeah, no, I I looked at my screen time at the end of yesterday. Um, like on the like on the iPhone, you can go and like look at how long you were on your phone for the day and it's a pretty absurd number i'm not even gonna say it but (laughs) it was uh pretty outlandish but um yeah no it was just an awesome day and like i mean i don't think was there a team in the country that you could say had a better day than oklahoma did yesterday
1: oh um not no i can uh, michigan maybe but not many right Very, very few
0: yeah, no, so it, it was a pretty incredible day. Um, let's just talk real quick. What do you think of the vinyl, all that stuff, the videos, all of the kind of production stuff that OU put into it?
1: Oh, oh I thought, I don't know. I thought they were, it was fine. Um, I mean, it looks good. I kind of liked last year's better just because they had all the NFL guy tie-in, but um, it was okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Amazed by it, but you know it looks good. So I guess that's the and that's really the what they're going for. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I I just thought like I mean I thought the videos last year were cooler because like you said you got a lot of NFL guys in and stuff like that. But I thought the actual like the vinyl things like with the sleeves, I thought those were like really freaking cool. And the fact that like every player had their own personalized one and like they're going to yeah that was cool. I think that's awesome. But
1: um, for sure yeah i agree and it's cool because you know it's one of those things like that's just theirs now so they, they can have it as their twitter uh avatar or whatever I mean, they, they they can use that forever so it's, that, that part of it's kind of cool too
0: yeah absolutely yeah um so let's let's talk about the three guys that we got yesterday um and then we'll, we'll go ahead and just go through the whole class but i want to talk about how the day kind of went down um but it started by uh jeremiah Cradell in the morning like nine fifteen or something i remember i i woke yeah. up specifically for that one had my alarm set around that time <laughs> woke up went downstairs turned on the tv and caught it um did you did you didn't see the that announcement did you you were at work no
1: i did i yeah i was at work but i was watching my phone uh discreetly i was in a meeting <laughs> um <laughs> so i i was watching it um and I knew kind of what I mean they, like like you said it was 915 I think it's 715 you know Pacific time so um, and it was on ESPN so everyone there's a lot of people that were live tweeting it kind of and so I was able to get it pretty much instantaneously you know he flashed the horns down which is kind of cool um, it, it was, his was one of those recruitments that you know I, I just as recently as the weekend I was thinking that it was almost a foregone conclusion there was so much uh hype and uh just news roll news rolling in for Oregon that made it seem like he was going to you know reaffirm his commitment which kind of surprised me because you know he just decommitted from there a few weeks ago but um it was I mean it was impressive that you know OU was able to kind of fend that off and um get him to uh, commit on Wednesday and that's a I mean that's a huge win because you know safety recruiting has been just kind of uh, in the dumpster for a few years now so um, he's somebody that could factor in real early
0: yeah to me Jeremiah Crudell was the Deshaun White of this class um, he's a guy that he was pretty much our last hope of landing a kind of plan a type safety um, and we had kind of turned down several other guys along the way that probably could have filled that spot earlier. Um, and we wound up landing Jeremiah Cordell. and honestly, we probably could have gotten Jeremiah Cradell earlier, but we kind of slow played him,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> early to what we did with Deshaun White. So, um, fortunately, you know, two years in a row, we kind of wound up getting the guy that they wanted. um, and, but, and it was basically the only guy they could have gotten that could have filled that role. Um, right. I, yeah. Modern Day, it's, it's a huge pickup in that regard, especially when you're looking ahead to like the 2020 class. So mm-hmm. um, that was awesome. Yeah.
1: Modern uh, Day, yeah. So having an end into that high school is just huge because there's a five-star corner at Modern Day in next year. The other corner at Modern Day is already committed to OU, Darian Green Warren um there are multiple offers in the 2021 and 2022 classes that have gone out and it's just that it's arguably the most talented high school in the country so it's one of those schools that you kind of have to fight and claw to get a foothold in And, you know hopefully um Cradell can kind of open that door similar to what we started seeing last year at St. Thomas Aquinas with Nick Bonado and those guys and you can see in that rolling into Jaden Davis this year, and you can kind of see a OU establishing a foothold there. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great high school to get to get involved with.
0: Yeah, if you're getting into a situation where you're landing like a guy from St. Thomas Aquinas and Modern Day per year, like that's as good as you're gonna get. Those are the two best, probably the two best schools in the country that, um, you know,
1: yeah, like, year after year,
0: historically, yeah um all right so uh, let's move on to marcus stripling who was in the afternoon um and this guy was another super interesting his recruitment was super interesting because like he committed to us in january wasn't it i think
1: um yeah it's january parabori so a long time ago um yeah. he was lincoln actually tweeted eyes for him um yeah. and then just nothing ever happened so you know, it, it's one of those things where he probably committed a little too early, and he kind of got a cold beat, and it just kind of, you know, it never ended up happening. And for a lo- the longest time, people just assumed he was going to go to A&M, and LSU was involved a little bit, Alabama was involved a little bit, but A&M was the dominant, you know, the dominant other in his recruitment, um, and OS- OU always kind of seemed to be running in second, but uh some things happen, he might have waited a little bit too long, but you know he's still every as everyone every analyst that I've seen is very high on him mean, he's more of a traditional four down sort of defensive end, maybe a little raw, but you know a lot of ability and yeah. it'll be interesting to kind of see how they how he plays into the scheme really we don't even know what scheme they'll be running but if right. it, if it's the same three down hybrid nebulous thing that they've been trying to run the last few years it'll be um i'm really curious to see how they try and factor him in
0: yeah well stripling was one of those guys because like you said he might have waited a little bit too long to commit to a school like a&m or lsu or even alabama Um, and it seemed like ou was really his only option towards the end Um, and guys like that you kind of get a little bit concerned when you see a lot of other schools right yeah but and and i hadn't seen any like senior film for him at all but then like i turned on his highlights of his senior year and i was like oh yeah i'm not worried about this at all like this guy like you turn it on and you're like yeah there's a like there's some ronnie perkins that like he is that kind of prospect you know like he's a very top-end prospect that i mean LSU and A&M, they just kind of ran out of room and like we were able to kind of swoop in and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, you brought up a good point. It wasn't so much that um, these teams dropped him and decided just not to take him, even though they had space. Oh, you just kind of got lucky that these other teams, uh, these other teams ran out of room with other players and yeah. stripling kind of fell into their lap. And, you know, it was more just their good fortune than other teams kind of washing their hands of this guy. OU not being wise enough to see or being too desperate to—it's like a Ricky DeBerry situation almost, where even though he was highly ranked and everything, it's been, you know—OU took him over a bunch of schools that didn't really want him. You know what I mean? So it's that sort of—I don't—I don't get the impression that this is that type of situation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. Um, and then really the surprise of the day, uh, Ty DeArmond, um, I wrote like you te- texted me in the middle of the day about it. And I'm like, I had no idea who this guy <laughs> is.
1: Yeah. I didn't know who he was either until I saw his picture and I vaguely remembered him visiting for junior day. But in, until yeah. I, I mean, until I saw it yesterday, he wasn't even on my radar as someone that could potentially be getting an offer. I hadn't seen you know his name mentioned anywhere by anyone uh, um even in just you know floating a rumor out there so he was completely out of nowhere um how do you feel about ty
0: so obviously i'm gonna admittedly when i like saw him i was like are you
1: kidding
0: <laughs> like, is this a walk-on yeah. or something um i mean because the guy he's a white safety um yeah
1: I mean, he's battling long odds. I mean, I don't think, I mean, is it racist? Maybe a little bit, but I mean, how many white, great white safeties are there? I mean, it's just, it's, it's a fact of life. (laughs) So.
0: Well, yeah. And so that was, I wasn't super excited. I turned on his film and I liked it, you know, like there's a lot, there's a lot of good things going on
1: there. Um, He's obviously a pretty good high, I mean, a very good high school player I can't take anything away from him there. I mean, he had fun film to watch.
0: Um, Oh yeah. Well, he played both ways. He did. He played a lot of positions every, you know, he was always looking to hit people. Like he laid, he laid some pretty big hits both on offense and defense. So, I mean, clearly there's a, there's a good football player there. Um, I I mean, at the very least you're looking at a guy who's going to go and be a really good special teams player. Um, like, I think that's kind of the four for him. So, I mean, it's, I don't think it's yeah. like a wasted offer or anything, and he might develop into something more. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's there's some value into having, like, maybe one guy in your secondary that's kind of like this. And I'm not yeah. saying, like, white guy. I'm saying one he's guy. He's the who, lunch
2: pail guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. like one guy.
0: <laughs> is, like, you watch him, and you don't really understand why he's good, but he just makes plays, you know? Like, uh,
1: that
0: kind of he, thing with him. So. He
1: literally he literally fits the coach's son. Uh, you True. Know. what what is that, you know, the the thing that always gets thrown out every for all those stereotypes. You know, he's his dad is literally the coach of Ar, Ar, is it Arlington Bowie? Is that how you pronounce it? His yeah. dad's the head coach there. Um so I mean he has I mean he grew up around the game. I mean he, every cliche that i could throw out there it pretty much applies to this guy um i think yeah special teams captain is kind of what or special teams standout is kind of what i expect um mm-hmm. maybe by the time you know he's a junior he'll work his way into the rotation i don't i don't really know what to expect um but i mean he's you he, i can't hate the idea of just having a naturally good football player on the field—is he going to be the most dynamic athlete? No, but I've seen guy I've seen Stephen Parker floated around as a comparison for him, and I take another Stephen Parker. So you know, uh, he's—he. It'll be interesting to watch him. It, I'm, a, I'm a, I was a little surprised that they decided to give him a—you know—they in, instead of conserving the scholarship for next year or maybe someone that they could get on in on late that. They went with him, but maybe that's to his credit that it was one of those guys that they just didn't think they could pass up on. I don't know. So, um, but he was definitely the signing day surprise, as you said, the guy that kind of out of nowhere because I was, I really had three names going into the day that I was kind of circled that I was going to be, you know, look, keeping an eye on, looking out for, and he was not one of those names. So, um, well, uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so, um, sorry, I think I forgot what I was going to say.
2: <laughs> That's okay.
0: <laughs> Great podcasting. I had a point about this kid um, that I was really – Well,
1: if, really if Herm Edwards wants him, then, I mean, how can we say no?
0: I, I remember now. Okay, so one thing that I will say that I saw about him is that Arizona State fans were, like, kind of upset to see him, like, to lose him, you know? And, yeah. No, I, well, it is the school that,
1: that Pat Tillman went to. So.
0: Right, yeah. I take a little bit of, you know, like that's, at least it wasn't a guy that like, oh, you got him from the other school and they're just like, eh, that's fine. You know, like they yeah. this is the that they really wanted. Um, yeah.
2: so
0: I, I take a little bit of, of solace in that. Um, let's go ahead and just go position by position. Um, I don't think we need to talk a lot about quarterback, but Spencer Rattler is signed. and. I think that's, I mean, obviously it's significant because he's a five-star quarterback. The first one, Brett Bomar. I think it's also significant that we have him signed because now we can probably uh, fully commit to um, going after a specific transfer that we will talk about later in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I I think that that was something that they were, you know, they didn't want to go all in on that until Spencer Rattler is signed. Um, not a kid he's not coming in for the spring so it's not like you're going to get to watch him in the spring game and see him yeah play. i give him like a one percent chance maybe as things currently stand of like winning that uh starting position by the, yeah. the next year and like it's just it's probably unrealistic to think that any high school quarterback is going to come into a place like oklahoma where we have a talented quarterback room like it's not like You know, JT Daniels went into USC, but like USC does not have the track record at quarterback um, over the last couple of years that we do, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't think that that opening was there for him. So I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Um, But we'll see.
2: Uh, Yeah,
1: I think with Rattler, even with Rattler, let's say he comes in and he's, you know, he's probably the most talented immediately in the room, at least if it's the three that we're talking about at, you know, that are currently committed or, you know, at OU, but uh, Mm -hmm. even if his, you know, if he's able to grasp everything mentally, which is a stretch, he's pretty thin. I I don't even know if he's, you know, physically capable, capable, you know, to withstand a full season, to do everything that needs to be done. I think, I think a redshirt year will be good for him. Um, uh, and so I, I kinda, I'm I kind of, kind of looking for that to happen. I don't, I don't know if it will. I, I kind of expect it to. But um, I think a redshirt season would be good for him because he's pretty slight. Um, he's extremely talented. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where um, it's a big jump. And, not, I mean, it's not a, a shameful thing for a quarterback, to, a five-star quarterback, to not be immediately ready. You think a 5 stars is immediately ready. But, I mean there's still quite a few that aren't able to just make that jump and the quarterbacks probably as tough a position to do that as any.
0: No, absolutely. Um, do you want to go ahead and just talk about this transfer that we're kind of beating around the bush on? I feel like this is as good a time as any.
1: Um, yeah. Well, it's kind of a natural segue. So why not?
0: Uh, yeah. So the guy we're talking about, Justin Fields, um, transferring or he's, Allegedly, like, he's not officially done it. He's in the portal, uh, but yeah. transfer from, from from Georgia. Um, this guy was either the number one or two overall player in the 2018 class last year. Um, and, like, good Lord, this kid is amazing. Like, he's, yeah. from a talent standpoint, everything we said about Spencer Rattler, he's got that, but he's also got more, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he's... I so okay, so that was like the big debate last year. Um was probably the two most talented, purely talented quarterbacks to come out in a de- decade were both in the same class. Trevor right. Lawrence, who's currently the starting quarterback at Clemson and has led them to a perfect record and is in the playoff. So you can see his ranking was pretty much justified. And uh Justin Fields, who probably fifty percent of the country thought was better. You know, so um, yeah. I've seen a lot of people throw around the Justin Fields like, well, he's just a running quarterback sort of thing. Okay, that, see, that's how G- Georgia used him that way, but he's not just a running quarterback. He can throw the ball, so um, he yeah, is six literally- three. He's two hundred thirty. Yeah, I was just going to say he's 6'3", 230 He can run, and he's got a great arm. He's as yeah. talented a player as it would be on OU's roster. Period. Full stop next season if he were to transfer to OU and OU's been one of the schools that's been floating around OU, Ohio State, Florida State though I don't really take them as seriously um I think the main two right now are OU and Ohio State so um and then there's the idea that you know if he were to petition to the NCAA he would likely have a case though I'm not sure I agree with it but that's not for me to decide quite a few sports writers seem to think that he would have a case to apply for immediate eligibility due to a racial incident that he uh, experienced at Georgia. So um, all that to say, just he's something to keep an eye out on because there are some other factors swirling around uh, OU recruiting um, that could be an indicator that could be a tie-in. And if, if, okay, I just want to say if OU, it was going to have uh, Justin Fields as their quarterback the next two seasons. I mean, with the talent that is starting to come in and waves uh, on offense, along with their current offensive staff, I just it's hard. It's kind of hard. As good as they've been on offense, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around that they could be better and yeah. more talent.
0: Well, yeah. OK, so. Justin Fields, if you if you have any questions about his ability to throw the football, just watch his high school film. And, like, it's yeah. not like, – obviously, all of them, he doesn't throw any completions in his high school film. Duh. But it's just the pure arm strength that he has on some of those throws down the field. Like, he's making throws that OU just has not had a quarterback that was capable of making them. And, like, OU's had two of the best quarterbacks ever these last few years, yeah. and they aren't he's- capable of making some of the throws Justin Fields makes.
1: I, I honestly don't remember, which I wasn't ever a hardcore team Trevor Lawrence or team Justin Fields. I was just team either of them because I thought they were both incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, he, he, he's as talented a quarterback as I've seen in the decade I've been following this stuff pretty closely. Uh, he's really, really good. And I, I thought it was an odd decision to go to Georgia just because of Jake Fromm and because of, frankly, more because of their system. But um, he's, I think if he was to be paired with Lincoln Riley and honestly, if you're a transfer quarterback and with his talent level, why wouldn't you want to go play for Lincoln Riley at this point? Um, he, I don't know. He's with the, I'm even losing my words because I'm trying to, are, clearly articulate something that I, I think is just uh, almost a match made in heaven, and it's one of those things where if he was able to apply for immediate uh, playing time, you know, this year, yes, I think it. I think the 2019 season is just by default going to be a bit of a rebuilding year because there's just a lot of turnover at key spots. But God, the the next couple of years, especially next year or the 20 season i mean on paper this that team could just be stacked um and yeah. i know that's something that we've been messaging each other about a, a bit um and it's just if if everyone just thinks about uh who would be on that, that offense <laughs> if that were the sin- situation even with spencer rattler I, this isn't to hate on spencer rattler because i'm extremely excited about spencer rattler it's just one of those things where you know it's almost a oh you can't lose scenario unless they um you know unless no, unless they Kevin Sumlin, and no one's happy at the uh, end.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying that if we were to get Justin Fields, he would win a Heisman in one of his two years if he were eligible next year. Um, maybe not next year. I think people are gonna want to give Tua one because he was. Yeah. He It'll a be
1: the, the Tua makeup. Yeah. Makeup. Yeah. Makeup or
0: something, but it would take a ridiculously good season from like trevor lawrence or somebody else to <laughs> justin fields from winning a heisman
1: in 2020 oh uh, yeah and think well wouldn't that be kind of funny to see like a trevor lawrence versus justin fields in college uh debate yeah. all 20 the whole season and it's then like, it
0: would go into the nfl too like
1: it yeah would,
0: it would so um it's honestly like i've I've already become like irrationally excited about this possibility um, because I've been pretty vocal about not wanting to really watch Austin Kendall play. And I don't hate Austin <laughs> Kendall. I just, he bores me. Like the idea of watching him is boring to me. Uh, right. And Justin Fields is the furthest thing from boring. So um, yeah. I'm like this, this needs to happen and they, they need to go ahead and give him the waiver. Um, Cause honestly, players shouldn't have to sit out in a year anyways. So, um, yeah, I, this, keep your eyes on this guys, because if this happens, like, I, I don't even know, like you said, the offensive talent that we will have, like, if you just like map it all out, like all over the field, you're just like, holy crap. How's this guy, how, like, how is this five star even going to get on the field? You know, or how right. is this former really high four star even going to get on the field? You know? And, It's pretty unbelievable because like you think about our offense this last, these last two years, and it's been largely built around having a generational quarterback, which we've had, you know, the last, well, really the last four years, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's been some, I won't say like talent deficiencies in places, but like, you know, like we've played some walk-ons at very important positions throughout this offense, and that's just not going to be a thing. Anymore, yeah. Like those walk-ons are going to be five-star receivers now,
1: you know. So yeah, the well think about this year. There are three three walk-on receivers that play actual snaps. I mean, yeah. Miles t starts every game. Yeah. So you know, um I mean, you can say Drake Stoops might have a role, but I can't envision any other walk-ons carving out, an, especially like an outside receiver spot. It's just it's something that. Um, It'll be the highest talent level, at least on one specific side of the ball. That, you know, from position for all positions. Gosh, since I've started, since I have been following this, um, as closely as I have, it's it's really really exciting to think about.
0: Right, it is. Um, let's let's move on for now. Um, let's go on to the running back position. A um, couple guys we signed there. Uh, starting with Marcus Major, uh, he's going to be a, high, a freshman out of uh, out of Millwood. Yep. Uh, and I really like Marcus Major. I, he's only a three-star recruit um, on Rivals. And I think he's a three-star recruit because it seemed like his high school kind of used him in a really dumb way. Uh, yeah. That they just
1: didn't well, I, give him the ball. Right, yeah. It, it's a, it was kind of strange because they're in 2A Oklahoma. You would think Marcus Major would get the ball 25 times a game in that scenario, but they gave it to him like eight times a game. It was very strange. But, you know, I don't think – I mean, if we're talking from a pure talent standpoint, he's going to be a little bit raw uh, just because he hasn't played running back that long. He's a wide receiver until his junior year uh, of high school. But if we're just talking from straight athletic ability – I, I mean, I don't think he's a three—I think he's higher than a three-star recruit. I honestly do. I think he's—he's he's, he does he's 205 pounds already, so he'll be probably 215, 220. Uh, he's got—he's got really good speed. He's got—I mean, he's got good—I mean, just from what I can see in my amateur talent evaluation abilities, um, I don't see much that he's missing. I think um, it might take him a couple seasons, maybe— his sophomore or registered sophomore, uh, season, but I think he's going to be a factor. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get some, uh, mop up duty snaps this year.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I think kickoff return might be something that suits him too. Like oh,
1: guys, yeah, I can see that for sure. They like
0: putting, they like putting bigger guys back there on kickoff return. And I think that that's something that could really fit him really well. Um, so the other running back that we signed was a three-star junior college transfer from, where's he, what junior college did he go to?
1: I think it's Cerritos. Vegas? Does that sound right?
0: Why am I not able to find him? Okay. Sorry, good podcasting.
1: I'm almost certain it's Cerritos College oh, in California.
0: Yeah, Cerritos, yeah, Cerritos California originally from las vegas um and you know this guy the more i watched him throughout the process like when we first started going after him i was watching like his freshman juco film and i was like yeah i didn't really see what we were doing you know it was like "Eh, he looks fine like he can be a nice backup or something but I, watching his sophomore stuff and then you look at his stats and you're like mm-hmm. holy crap i think this guy is a He's gonna play a lot next year. Uh,
1: yeah, I really, I really like him a lot um, for two reasons. I think I don't think he has amazing long speed, but I don't think he needs to. He's six foot two thirty, so he's he's a, he's powerful. You know, and that's something that I want to see you continue to bring into the program because I think it is uh, to go if you pair that with the offensive line that we have. It's something that most Big Twelve teams can't deal with um, over an entire game. That's why you see Trey Sermon just wear on teams. And so I I'm glad to see OU continue to bring that size in. Um, and I think he has got I think he's Trace Sermon. I think he act I actually think he has better burst than just from the first initial five yards than Sermon does. Um, yeah.
0: Can I make a comparison here? This go is like a date. For
1: it. yeah, sure
0: a couple guys Uh, and this is going to sound kind of lofty but I kind of think of him as a combination of Trey Sermon and Samaje Pirine and the reason why I see some Pirine to him is because um, just his ability to hit the hole towards the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. is more like he's he's not like Trey Sermon in that regard like he looks like Trey Sermon like when he's running in space and he's stiff arming dudes and making like subtle cuts to make guys miss okay but the way he gets to the second level reminds me more of Samaje p ryan than trey sermon um and like, yeah.
2: had that, would...
0: like Samaje wasn't hardly ever getting caught from behind um mm-hmm. that's not quite what ramondre stevenson has but um i think there's a there's just like a combination between the two to me yeah
1: i can see the P Ryan comparison especially as you said um him hitting the hold I think he has really good feet I think that's right. something that uh kind of jumps out to me whenever I watch him is he has really really good uh, footwork he's he's shiftier than you would think a six foot 230 pound guy would be um I don't know I, I think he's going to get real snaps next year I think it's going to be sermon Brooks and then a combination of Stevenson and Pludger and those two are just kind of battle it out uh um, right. I don't know. I think I and he. I I don't know if he has if he's two two or three for two. Um, so I'm not sure how they'll want to balance that. But he's exciting to me. And I again, I think it's important, especially if Trey Sermon were to leave next year, that in the 2020 in years moving forward, they continue to have that big back in the in the running back room.
0: Yeah, I I could see a scenario where he. Like, I mean, again, this might sound ridiculous. Like I could see a scenario where he starts next year um, and it won't happen at the beginning of the year. Like it just won't, we'll go with the guys that we have. We've had very productive running backs, but I mean, I don't know. I could just see him in his few opportunities really breaking out. And then by mid season, like, Oh, this is the guy that we need to be giving the bulk of the carries to. Like, I think he has that kind of upside.
1: Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. But I could like, see it. Do what? Yeah. I said, I, I can see it, and you know, I mean, you mentioned his stats. This is a guy that ran for over two thousand yards in JUCO. Uh, I mean, it's junior college, but it's still better than high school. So, I mean, it's just a testament to he has real talent. It's just one of those things where I, I think he's. I, I don't think he's not as explosive as Damian Williams, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had, you know, a season or two like that Damian Williams had. Uh, now Damian. Williams had less talent to go up against whenever he came in, but right. you know it's just yeah. one of those things. I think he could be have a real, true uh, impact out of Juco in a fairly, you know, stacked room.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to really the crown jewel of the class, um, the receiving core that we pulled in. Um, so far, we have signed two five star wide receivers and Theo Weese and Trajan Bridges, and a four star tight end who I believe is the number one tight end in the country. Uh, maybe not on rivals, but I know by at least some services, he's the number one tight end in the country. He's yeah, I, I
1: think he got passed. I think he got passed over on rivals. I think uh, the Texas kid is the Texas yeah. commit is now higher, but uh. He might be on other services
0: yeah let's let's start with Austin Stogner because I believe he was the first commitment, and he, he commits yeah, he committed on my birthday in twenty seventeen so um, we have a connection here, so um, this kid is humongous like
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: bigger, like Mark Andrews was a really big dude, but Mark Andrews was also like a receiver in high school and you know, he was always going to be a tight end in college, but they had to convince him this guy is a tight end, you know, like he can split out. Some, yeah. But this guy is going to be able to be a monster, like just on the end of the line and just kind of mm-hmm. set the edge on that in that way. So I'm really excited about the kind of the possibilities he's going to open up because we really haven't had one of these guys, you know?
1: No. Who's the last legit inline tight end that you had? Gresham? James it's Hanna probably, maybe, but James Hanna wasn't as that great of a blocker until he was in the NFL. I mean, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's probably Gresham. I think this is,
1: yeah.
0: you know, he's not he's not the caliber of a prospect that Gresham was, but no. he has very sure few are. Yeah, he's gonna be able to be versatile like Gresham was, um, mm-hmm. and that he's not gonna look out of place running routes from the slot like Andrews did, um, right. but he's also not gonna look out of place blocking on the line like Andrews did so
1: yeah that, there's a lot yeah of i mean ahead. i have been i've heard it said and i I, w- I would tend to agree with it just in uh what i've seen from his camp footage his uh, his high school highlights i mean he's not a diet or an overly dynamic athlete but he runs really good routes and he has really really good hands and he kind of position his body uh So it's more difficult for the defender to get at the ball, and he's able to shield and everything like that. So um, I think he's going to be a pretty reliable third-down target kind of guy or turn into that uh, red zone threat, you know, all the things that tight ends become. And, uh, uh, you know, it's he did the uh, comparison of P. Ryan and Sermon. He's almost – a potential, you know, mix of the inline tight end the Carson Meyer and, you know, the Mark Andrews receiving threat. Maybe not as good at either one of them as both of those guys are, but more of a better blend of the two.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so at wide receiver, um, like I said, this this is really the the crown jewel of the class. Uh, let's start with Theo Weiss, um, number three overall player in the country on rivals. Um, that is three overall player not wide receiver. He's the number one wide receiver uh, from Allen, Texas um, listed at six three, two hundred and five 205 pounds already as a high school senior. Like that is not yeah. something that you see very often. Like the dude's just a massive human being um, for this position. Um, you yeah. know, they talked to Kale Gundy and he was like, he's really a guy that you could see. You could put him really anywhere at any of the four receiver positions and he'll be fine. Um, so that to me is really exciting. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just ha- watching OU have to deal with little Jordan Humphrey this year, but the idea of OU having that kind of player in the slot, you
2: know, really kind of.
1: Oh, it's good. yeah. He, he's I'm really interested in seeing what they do with him because, like you said, I think he can line up in multiple different spots. Um, I think he'll he can play outside. He's got he's I mean, you said he's 6'3", 205, but. If you watch his highlights, he's pretty explosive. He's pretty fast. I don't. He's not like a four-four guy, but he's plenty fast for his size. Um, I mean, you don't get ranked that high if you're not fast. Um, and he you know, he. I I just I, don't know. I think he of all these guys, just physically, he's the one that uh, I can see just contributing from a day one sort of time, and especially because he's going to be an early enrollee, that makes it even. Uh, that's something that. Both him and Stogner and Weiss are all going uh, – not Weiss, uh, Bridges are all going to be early enrollees. So, you know, the crown jewel of the class are all going to be here a semester early. So, um, I think Weiss, I mean, he's he's probably the most purely talented of these three guys. Um, and, you know, he he played for Allen. So, that has to be said. He's played for a high school that's been very good to OU the last few years. Yep. Um he played for a fairly run-heavy uh, team. His quarterback, uh, Grant Tisdale, actually committed to Ole Miss, but he wasn't the best thrower. Um, he's more of just an athlete that could that played quarterback. Um, so a lot of it will be really interesting to see Weese kind of play in a more passing able uh, offense and how quickly he can kind of establish himself. Because I kind of think he's going to. Almost from the day he steps on campus, be right behind CD on at the uh, extra re, x receiver position, and then maybe line up inside from time to time.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I tend to agree. Um, Trajan Bridges. Let's move on to him because you know we talked about all of the physical tools that Theo we've had, and yeah, I'm not here to say. I mean, Trajan Bridges has plenty of physical gifts, but. His real value isn't so much his physical tools. It's just he has some of the best hands you will ever see. Like some of the catches yeah. that he's able to pull down, you're just like, How in the world was this kid able to yeah. do this? some Odell Beckham type stuff. And he's a ridiculously like refined route runner for a guy his age too. Like he's been, you know, working with receiver coaches, you know, since a young age. Like he's a very well polished guy.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
0: almost like like a Kenny Stills type coming in, you know, like a different kind of receiver, but Kenny
2: Stills yeah. is
0: very polished coming into OU. Um, I think Trajan Bridges is the guy that is going to get on the field the quickest next year. That's my prediction. Um, because like, yeah. like, like this kid, you could put him anywhere. Like there's, um, from a, his style and game standpoint, it's probably a little closer to CD Lamb than... Um, you know, you know, so maybe you see him back up CD Lamb or you can see him in the slot, but I think this guy's gonna find a way to get on the field and uh, he's just gonna, he's a stud, man. Every camp that he ever went to, he dominated. He's not, and he's not a 4 4 guy, he's probably a 4 5 type guy, um, but he's, he just gets it done.
1: Yeah. The thing, the thing I like, I mean, you, you mentioned his hands, he has incredible hands, which, um, you know he's been on so many of those highlights and everything. Uh, pretty much every camp he went to, he had a highlight catch at. But the thing I like most about Bridges is the attitude that he plays. Um, he just—he's one of those guys that you know—it's uh, its a cliche, but I'm going to use it. He's one of those guys that plays kind of with that dog, kind of that dog mentality. You know, he, he kind of he, he has some swagger or whatever you want to say. Uh, he just—it's evident just kind of the way he carries himself. Um, I think it's one of those things where he's able to back it up, and that's why you saw him. Whenever he initially committed to OU, he was just a you know kind of standard four-star kind of guy. And you just saw him as he kept going to these camps and proving himself and proving himself, and you know showing that he's one of the best receivers in the country. You just saw him kind of have this ascension from his ju- junior year whenever he initially committed to OU to where he is now, or his top twenty in the country. I mean, it's not like uh, you said he was he's not like he's not an overwhelming physical talent it's just the sum of the parts you know he's he's fast enough he has amazing hands he's a good route runner he's smart and he plays with a supreme level of confidence it's just it's something that is able to uh like he said i actually agree with you i think the Elise is the most talented but i think bridges will be the one that makes the most immediate impact i don't know why i think it's maybe just because it's uh I think it's mainly just kind of how he carries himself. It's kind of rubbing off, Uh, and I think it kind of uh, proves itself first. But it'll be an interesting battle. I don't know where he lines up, if it'll be inside, outside, or wherever, but I think he's going to play as a freshman for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and project ahead a little bit to the second signing day. Or it's really not even the second signing day. Uh, Let's move ahead to January 5th. and there's going to be uh, an All-American game that day. mm mm-hmm. The
1: All-American Bowl. No longer the Army game. Rip, yeah. But, <laughs>
0: but uh, during this football game, I think there's a decent chance that a lot of uh, – I know I will be watching. Um, I will be tuned in. For sure. Because uh, a guy by the name of Jaden Hazelwood will be uh, announcing his decision – Most people believe that he signed his letter of intent yesterday, and he will just make that official on the 5th. Um, It's it's possible he didn't sign the official letter of intent yesterday. Um, But the point is, he's going to be making his announcement on January the 5th. And there is a lot of momentum heading in Oklahoma's direction on this. And the significance – I mean, this guy – you know, we talked about Theo Weese being the number three overall player. This guy's the number four overall player in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be our third five star wide receiver. It's hard to like not just bust out laughing, even saying that. Yeah. It's just so unbelievable to think about. Um, you know, for the majority of this class, you know we were we went on with Theo Weese, Trajan Bridges, and RJ. Henderson. Like those were our guys at receiver. And then like a month ago, R.J. Henderson decommits and you're like, well, what the heck? Um, And I had always kind of had my eyes on Jaden Hazelwood, like, "Eh, I mean, there's a chance. But like we really couldn't go all in for him because we had like three studs committed anyways.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Seems like the coaches, you know, they did a really nice job of like staying in contact. So like they knew he knew that we still like liked him, you know, but it wasn't. We didn't want to upset what we had. And, but once RJ Henderson was gone, uh, it just seems, it seems like Lincoln Riley, Dennis Simmons have just been all in on Jaden Hazelwood. And yeah. It really the door seems,
1: opened and they yeah. zeroed in.
0: Yeah. It really seems like we're about to add a third five star wide receiver to this class. I've never seen that before. Um, it probably has never happened. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think that. it has, maybe, I can think of USC classes that had two, yeah. uh, but it hasn't happened in a long time, if it's ever happened in the Rivals era.
0: Yeah, no, this guy, what What, what are your thoughts on Jaden Hazelwood? Like, compare him to Theo Weiss and Trayvon Bridges.
1: Okay, so, I think he has, okay, I think he is, IMI I right-ranked him as far as just overall I think he might be the best of the three um I think he has kind of the mentality that Trajan has with pretty much the same level of just you know true talent as Theo I mean I he is really really good and he's another one of those guys where um he played for a run dominant team so he he's uh He's used to blocking a lot, which is obviously something that uh, OU takes pride in. You can tell, um, but I don't know. I think I've seen like Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen thrown around for like player comparison for him. I think, and that I mean, that would be awesome. You know, uh, he's one of the. I'm rambling. He's one of those guys where I could, and again, I could see him playing immediately in a pretty big role. And again, he's another guy that's an early enrollee, so. It's one of those things where that wide receiver core next year, if he were to be at OU, I mean, you'd have C.D. Lamb, and then it could be a bunch of freshmen. You know, it's it's one of the uh, – it would be incredibly interesting, and I think it could look a lot like what Alabama's current uh, uh, wide receiver core looks like, where it's just last year they had a – true freshman group that basically were three or four true freshman wide receivers that just kind of took over that room. And I think you could maybe see something like that at OU over the next couple of years, if, you know, if all these guys were to, well, we've already seen a couple of them sign, but if Jaden Hazelwood was to sign as well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I would rate him as the highest of all of these guys. Like I think he's the best one because I just see, like you said, he's, almost a combination like he's just more physically gifted than Trajan Bridges but he's you know similar mentality wise Um, Mm -hmm. I just I see him as just a little bit smoother of an athlete than Theo Weiss like Theo Weiss has a ton of physical tools and he's great but I just Jaden Hazelwood the way he moves just looks a little more natural to me from that spot so I give him an edge Um, and he like he's you know, six three, one ninety five. Like he's just a little smaller than Theo Weiss. but yeah,
1: he's uh, a really good, uh, like high point the ball kind of guy. Um, yeah. You see that? I've seen that a lot in his camps and stuff. He's that's one of, he's another one of those guys, like a lot like Trajan, that you'll will make those circus catches. So, uh, right. um, God, so, I mean,
0: can you imagine like a red zone with those three and Austin Stogner, like just spread out where you can just, <laughs> yeah. literally just throw a jump ball anywhere on the field, just find the weak matchup and you could throw a jump ball and you're probably going to win. You know, I'm not a super big proponent of the fade. Like I think it's kind of a <laughs> dumb play, but if you've got freaking NFL dudes there to do it, right. then do it, you know? So, um, yeah, no, it's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, really one of the bigger things about Jaden Hazelwood is he's really good friends with Justin Fields.
1: And, uh, right. We like, just- legit, actually good friends. Not just they're both from Georgia. They must be friends. Yeah. Like, they have <laughs> they are actually friends with each other.
0: Yeah, they are good friends. And there's been some rumors that, you know, he's, you know, there's been talk about how maybe they're a package deal. We don't, you know, those don't always come through the way you expect them to. But, you know, it's certainly not going to hurt our chances at Justin Fields if no. Jay Nealwood commits to us on January the 5th. So, keep your eyes and on. Also-
1: the- it should be noted that uh, Jaden Hazelwood's his dad's no U-alum, so there's oh, yeah. it's not just sort of a hey, I really like the offense. It's like there are, there's a legit end in into this, and you know, like you said with R.J. Henderson decommitting, it kind of reopened this door or opened it wider. That is to say, it wasn't ever completely gone, but it was kind of understood, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. Right. But now it, there's just been a ton of ton of smoke from multiple different places. Over the last you know week or so, and uh, I, you said you know he he might have signed his letter of intent. We don't know for sure. It could have been the uh, financial aid agreement, which isn't binding for the the signee. It's just binding for the schools. So you might have signed those one of those for OU, Miami, and Georgia, and then he can just announce. But whatever decision he does make. It's not, I don't think it's something that they'll have to sweat out until February because he's an early enrollee, so he'll he'll be going to school almost immediately after he makes the announcement. So, yep. there's, it whatever he ends up announcing, it's one of those things where we'll feel pretty good about uh, it. It's sticking, uh, if that's the case.
0: Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's gonna be awesome, man. It's just the, the idea of having the number three and number four player. In the same class, like it's pretty, yeah, pretty unbelievable. If you
1: consider
0: uh, where we it's were got... like four years ago, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. This time, whenever Riley first showed up, we were flipping Ad Miller, who's transferring apparently, by the way. So yeah,
0: Miller and Dahu Green, we felt great, you know. We were like, oh, we yeah. diamonds in the rough. I now still the best receivers in the yeah,
1: I, st- I still think Dahu had a really high. I, I'm still a little surprised that that didn't work out, but oh well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he had a great name. Um, all right, let's real quick. Like we're, I mean, we're going long because this was always going to happen. But let's get through the <laughs> offensive line relatively quickly because, I mean,
1: it's... Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I
0: know, I know. That's that's probably one of your favorite positions to discuss. Um, it is. Yeah, let's start with the JUCO guy, Finley Felix. Um, this is a guy that to me looks like a he could play multiple positions along the offensive line. Granted, yeah. I'm not sure I will ever look at a guy on our O line and say that he can't play multiple positions. Because after seeing Cody <laughs> Ford play tackle, it's just like I almost expect Creed Humphrey to be a tackle next
1: year. You know, it's just like he's big enough. He's six five, so yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. um, okay, so Finley Felix, I think he will either be a right tackle or a guard. Um, he's a three for two JUCO guy i think he needs to redshirt if you can get away with it um just because i think he needs to add some strength but he has a he is like a prototype frame you know um he's six six ish 300 and something pounds i mean he and he's uh he hasn't played a play to, i mean he's yeah he's he's a big guy he's you know he has really good measurables he's You know he's fairly new to the game, I think. Uh, So I mean he's got a high ceiling. I just think he needs maybe a year to kind of settle in and kind of get used to a a high power five, you know, weight program and everything like that. But I think he has. I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's listed on the two deep next year, maybe at guard. But I would be some. I think that they will try if they can to be to uh, redshirt him.
0: I think that would be, I think that'd be smart. I agree. He's probably not just, you know, and it'd be a shame for him to only be here for two years if we could get that red shirt out of him. Yeah. Um, we could provide that for one more year. Um, so I'm going to like Marcus Alexander is the next guy I want to talk about. And I've really, this guy's really grown on me a lot. You know, like when we first yeah. kind of hit him and like, we, we, basically the first time I heard about him was like a couple days before he committed. You know, like, it all kind of came together really quickly, like we offered,
2: right.
0: and he committed pretty quickly after that. So, and just watching this guy, he's, he's just, he's a Bill Beatonbow guy, you know? Like, yeah. he does, he's, he's an asshole, you know? Like
1: yeah, his, 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 his highlight film's about eight minutes or however long of just guys getting shoved into the dirt, and, like, <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Um, he's if, fun to watch, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and if you just look at him, he doesn't look very, he doesn't look fully developed to me. You know, like his, he's got a big frame, but he's got a lot of filling out to do. So I think right. he's just going to grow into just being a freaking monster, you know? Like if yeah. you look at the picture think- that was on the, uh, on his cover um, for his album cover or whatever,
2: like mm-hmm. his
0: arms, you see definition in his arms, you know? And that's rare for an offensive guard. <laughs> but a guy like him, that's already as big and strong as he is, to be have a lot of room to fill out. Like to me, that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, I think you nailed it pretty good. I, I, I heard, I, I heard Biedenbeau talk about him, and he kind of compared him to. Maybe he's probably not as big, or maybe as raw, just pure talent as Cody Ford, but he kind of has some of those characteristics where he, you know, he has a similar mentality, similar approach to the game. He has a similar kind of just the way his body's shaped. He's kind of, you know, wide base and, you know, kind of underdeveloped upper body, at least at this point. He's just one of those guys where I think after by his red shirt sophomore season, he's just going to look like a totally different guy. And I think yeah. he's going to be a multi-year starter. I really do. Um, I think he's got a, I mean, he, he fits Beatenbow bow to a T and he the thing with O-line recruiting, that he just, Kind of have to if you follow this thing enough. Is it's more about fit and more about being able to identify certain guys with you know per, you know their makeup if you will, as much as it is about um, just purely physical talent. Because you know that, that it's probably along with quarterback about as hard a position to project. And Beanbo hasn't given us any reason to doubt his ability to project yet. So um, I think. Alexander's definitely someone to watch. He He's almost certainly a redshirt candidate, but uh, two years, three years down the line, I think he'll be starting after the Hayes and Robinson days have ended.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on to uh, Stacey Wilkins. Uh, this guy is, I mean, he's as pure an offensive tackle as you're ever going to see. Now, again, yeah. I say that and he might be, Playing center in two years or something because Bill Biedenboe but just from a pure physical standpoint like six foot seven probably like around 280 pounds right now Yeah, he looks he's legitimately thin like he is not
1: yeah. he looks guy. like a power forward
0: yeah he really does um, but if you just watch him like the athleticism that he shows yeah. like we haven't had an athlete we haven't recruited a guy like this in a
1: while you know no to stacy wilkins to me might be the and this is kind of i don't know if this is a hot take or what i don't know what level of take this is but i, I think he has as high of potential uh as anybody that you signed yesterday i i really do i i've been a huge fan since um i, don't, I guess it would have been the, since i first saw his huddle so maybe around when they offered him back in you know february march i just he plays how Beaton and wants people to play. He, he he's an asshole, like he said. Uh, and he, but he's got his, his cousin was a first round pick at Arkansas. He's got you know, six seven, and he's two hundred eighty pounds. But he looks thin. He will he'll, he'll gain fifty pounds. He'll be three hundred thirty pounds before he knows what's happened. Uh, he's yeah. got elite athleticism. Um, I mean, he's just got a, He checks every box. So I think again, he's one of those guys. It's going to take two years or so at least. But uh, I just think if you once once he gets there, it's going to be you know he's going to be an elite uh, talent. It's just yeah. and I feel pretty comfortable that being can get that out of him because he's proven he can do that. So um, I think he's the obvious left tackle in the class. I think everybody else can probably play multiple multiple positions. But I think he's a left tackle through and through, and that's where you're going to see him.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they asked Lincoln Riley, like, and he was like, oh, he's 100% a tackle. You know, he's just, you know, a lot of times they'll leave it open. They like to use the versatility word and just, and, but no, Lincoln was just, oh, he's a tackle. He's got elite link. Like, that's, he's everything you want in a tackle. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. And when we offered him, like, was just this no star kid from Arkansas, and he wound up being a top hundred recruit in the country. You know, like Bill Beatenbo is really good at what he does.
1: Yeah, I remember whenever I first saw his picture, I hadn't watched his huddle at all. But he had, he went to OU's junior day, and they offered him. This is before I even knew who he was, but I just saw his picture, and I saw his arms, and they were pretty thin. And you know, I was thinking, and this doesn't fit the you know the, the mold of what I'm used to seeing because Beatenbo likes these you know big rotund you know behemoth guys um but again it's one of those things where Beanbo's kind of proving his worth so I feel oh, yeah. pretty comfortable and it's you know almost a year later and he's a top 100 guy and arguably you know in my opinion at least a top five talent level guy in the class and i think it could be higher than that
0: yep uh let's close it out with ej and doma ogar and um this is a guy, I think he's going to be able to play any of the interior positions. Yep. Uh, I think, ideally, he's the Creed Humphrey replacement in a couple yep. years. Um, yeah. I think he has all the physical tools you could ask for to be an elite center. Um, I mean, he's going to have to obviously learn how to snap the ball, but that's usually not a problem. Um,
2: nope.
0: But I, you turn on the film again, like, the dude's a dick. Like, he just... <laughs> <laughs> he, his his yeah. nickname his is
1: IHOP. I- I- yeah, IHOP Yeah,
0: his nickname is IHOP because he just all he wants to do is get pancakes. Like he just wants to like get on top just lay on guys. Like that's all he wants to do. And
2: that's yeah.
0: I could not think of a more perfect mentality for an Oklahoma offensive lineman, you know. That's like one that.
1: of my favorite nicknames that I've that I've come across. I love that. That he said yeah. a- you just get to refer to an alignment as IHOP for the next few years. That's just, that's that's fun.
0: Yeah, no, it's very exciting. And I mean also the kids from Allen and like he's been playing elite competition for the last four years. Like I I don't see any way that this kid is not successful at OU. Like he's a real yeah, like he's gonna be good.
1: Right. I think he'll I don't it just depends on how long Creed's here, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he initially works uh, one of the guard spots, gets back up, snaps, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then moves inside. But I I saw, uh, you know, someone I respect throw out the Vince Carter comparison. I can see that for sure. He's not as big as Creed, but uh, he's big enough. He's 6'3", 300. He'll be 305 or so, 310 pounds. Um, And, you know, he's... Again, he's got the mentality that beaten bow. It's it's that's why it's one of those things where I just enjoy watching the linemen that beaten bow lands every year. Their their film is fun to watch just because they all you can all, as soon as you turn on their highlights, it's almost like yeah, that's a beaten bow guy because they're all just you know killing the guys across from them, and that's not something that we used to see five years ago. So um, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. to watch
0: like basketball players, you know, guys that it
1: used to be tight ends and well. throw yeah. them into. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I, I love it, man. I love Bill Bedenboe so much. Um, he needs to stay here forever. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move over to defense because, you know, there's really no, I mean, there was no, there was no reason for OU to not have an elite offensive class. We had the best right. offensive country. We had the best offensive staff, you know, probably in the country and obviously the best offensive coach in the country.
2: Defense
1: yep. is
0: a different story and we pulled in what? a really good defensive class.
1: Yeah, what how would okay, so if you had told if I had told you that they that the defensive class was this level the day after the yeah. cotton bowl, do you believe me? Oh
0: hell no. I thought yeah I, I thought yeah. guys like Id Armin were gonna be just what we would have to like fill the class with, you know, just to get
1: through <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Right. I I thought there was gonna things were gonna fall apart. I I didn't know what to expect, but what an impressive job and th- this sounds so homerish, but I it's I'm being genuine. I can it is extremely impressive to me how Lincoln was able to uh and the rest of the staff too, but let's be honest, a lot of it was Lincoln. Uh, mm-hmm. being able to hold this thing together and make it better. Like he landing Credell and Stripling without a defensive coordinator and you know, positioning yourself to where you'll probably you know, be able to land another quality uh, defensive player defensive player in February. I mean there's just all this stuff that's just impressive. I um, mm-hmm. can't say enough about it.
0: Well, yeah, and the thing is, I you know, I had kind of wanted Mike Stoops gone for a couple years, you know, by the time he had actually gotten fired, but.
1: Oh, I had really wanted it. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. But I, the one thing that I was always scared of, I was just like, you know, ideally he would just make it work. So we don't have to like have a year where we don't recruit well, because that's what I was expecting. You know, I was like, if you fire him, you know, you're going to have to rebuild the relationships and it's just going to, you're going to have a rough year on the recruiting trail. And we fired him midseason in probably the hardest position, you know, to actually recover from from a recruiting standpoint, firing a coach midseason. And we didn't miss a beat, you know, like I don't. Yeah. Think that, there's not a single guy that we had um, that we wound up getting or that we missed on that. I think we would have had a better shot with if we had Mike Stoops still at Oklahoma, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's pretty unbelievable, really.
1: Um, yeah, just,
0: let's start. Let's yeah,
1: start. Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Okay, yeah, let's just, let's start up front um, at defensive tackle, Um, Derek Green, uh, three-star from Jacksonville, North Carolina. And I will say, like, there are not a lot of guys that I'm skeptical of in this class. Like, a lot of them, you know, offensively, we just went through all of them, we're really high on. Derek Green is one of the few that I have have some concerns about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see the potential, and I can see why you know, Ruffin McNeil is really the guy that spearheaded this recruitment, and he loved the kid. Yeah, uh, he
1: and He I, zeroed I, in on him early.
0: Yeah, he was one of the earliest defensive tackle offers we made. Um, and I understand it. Like, I can see that there is something there, but it's just going to take so much development um, to be able to get what he has out of him. You know, like, he's a huge yeah. guy. Five, 305 pounds listed right now. And if you turn on his film, he can run. Like he doesn't look like a big dude running down the field. You know, like there's some athleticism there, um, but I don't see a lot of technique. Um, you know, he's kind of an upright type player, um, mm-hmm. and I just I have some concerns in that regard.
1: Yeah, um, I see. I see an lineman. <laughs> yeah, I watch you. Um, this is the guy that Ruffin, this is a like you said this is a ruffin recruit and ruffin really um you know he he spearheaded this so um they have a really close relationship um i'm not not sure what to expect i i'm hoping for the best but he's definitely one of the more guys i'm more tepid you know on just kind of how i expect his career to go but he's got the measurables you know it was reported that he was offered by Tennessee and Georgia. I don't know if those were legit or ever committable, but it was reported. Um, I, mean, yeah, I that, think it'll take go ahead.
0: Well, I was gonna say that's another source of concern for me is just I mean, a dude from North Carolina, you know, OU going through a coaching change throughout the year, like why weren't there more schools trying to poach him? You know? Yeah. Like why
2: that's like, true.
0: attack or somebody, you know, really going hard after this kid or North Carolina or whatever? Because I mean, you know, if you identify any kind of recruit, it's going to be a recruit that's on a, a, committed to a school that just fired their defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah.
0: That you want to poach, and it just didn't happen. So, um, I, there, w- it,
1: there was rumors that, you know, Vanderbilt was going after him, but that's about the only other school I ever saw. And some yeah. of it might have been just, you know, he he wasn't interested, he wasn't having it, but, you know, it's it's hard to say. He's an early enrollee, so we'll, I think we'll be able to get a good look at him here, uh, yeah. to get the early, early some early feedback, and kind of see how he get how he does. Um, you might be, I mean, Ruffin knows that area really well. Apparently, he knows uh, Green. I think he knows Green's dad pretty well. Yeah. I think he's is either yeah. his dad or his head coach. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. He, I mean, just, again, this is Ruffin's guy. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Ruffin made a really good evaluation or if it's just one of those guys that kind of washes it out. I think, I think, you know, there's a pretty wide spectrum. Cause like you said, he has great measurables. He has, you know, the ceiling is there. It's just, uh, I feel like the floor is also there. I mean, it's a pretty wide spectrum. So um I'm not sure what to expect.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um And it's going to be interesting. Like, we don't know if, Ruffin McNeil's even going to be here to coach him, you know? And I know that for a fact. Good point. It's a very good point. Why he committed to Oklahoma, because he loves Ruffin McNeil. And we just, we have no idea, you know, we might. So. I don't
1: almost be surprised if Ruffin does coach him, but um, it's, it's just hard to say.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to another guy. Another guy that thinks probably more of an interior defensive lineman, um, because we've got a ton of defensive ends committed. And this yeah. guy's as a defensive end, but I think his future is on the inside, and that's Corey Roberson uh, from mm-hmm. Handful, Texas. Three-star, um, listed a, as a strong side defensive end, listed at 6'4", 265. Um, I've seen him listed, you know, at 6'3", 270.
1: Um, yeah, I think that would uh, right, a little bit more accurate.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's a little bit shorter than 6'4", but he's probably a little heavier than 265, so... Um, I think that dude, that dude's a three technique to me, you know, I, I watch him and I'm like, he looks, he's athletic. He got after the passer pretty well from a defensive end position in high school.
1: Yeah. Um, And like from Manville, by the way, which is a really good program that OU has not traditionally been able to get into. So that's exciting just from that standpoint.
0: Right. But I'm just like, to me, I project that athleticism that he showed his mobility I project that inside, and then I get kind of excited. Like that's kind of where I see his
1: future. So he's coming off a knee injury, which is important to uh, important to note. So I don't know if he'll be able to play immediately next year. I kind of expect him to redshirt, but I really like Corey Roberson, and the main reason, and this is uh, it's the main reason, is because every time I've watched him on highlights or live game or whatever, because he like you. Like I said, he played for Manville. So he's been in, you know, I think he's in the state championship last year against Highland Park, I believe. Um, yeah. He plays with great uh, motor. He yeah. is nonstop every snap. And I love that. Uh, he's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he, he's, he, I mean, Alabama did offer him, you know, they're okay. For those that aren't that aren't as diehard of recruiting you know people whenever Alabama offers it's usually more just an invitation to their camp where they can evaluate you so he basically he got that Alabama offer um yeah he, he was invited to their camp and so but you yeah. know that's something to, I mean he was blessed by the you know by by Saban if you will as being worthy of that he was he got you know I don't know. I have a lot of good things to say about him without going into a deep dive. Um, he's. I don't expect him to be an immediate impact, but I would be really surprised just from kind of what he brings to the table from being able to play multiple positions and from just kind of his work ethic or at least on the field, hopefully off the field as well. Um, I would be really surprised if he's not in a guy that is in the rotation, you know, by his sophomore year. Yeah,
0: no, I a hundred percent. And like, it's not just Alabama that he got that kind of offer. He got some sort of offer from Georgia, LSU, Tennessee. Like, he had a pretty impressive list of offers that
1: of right, schools that right, were right.
0: maybe not committable, but they were at least yeah. interested in the
1: guy. And, and he, I think he would have blown up a little bit more if he hadn't hurt his knee. I think that kind of. uh that might have, I'm not going to say worked out in his favor because he got hurt, but they it allowed him to be maybe kept a little bit more of a secret. Yeah. This is the whole, you know, diamond and the rough narrative. But I think in this case, it's actually legitimate. Um, yeah. I think if he had had, you know, his, his entire senior season, you might have seen more of a push from A&M and Alabama and LSU and those types of schools. Um, yeah.
0: Well, and you, you talked about his motor and I think that that might be the single like most important as- attribute for a three tech defensive tackle.
2: Yeah.
0: You get a dude that's just going to get after it at that position. And that I feel comfortable that Corey Roberson going to be that kind of guy. Um, all right, let's move on to Marcus Hicks, more of a traditional defensive end. Um, this dude, you know we talked about elite length like the Stacy Wilkins had this dude's six foot six two fifty five pounds right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah he's humongous
1: like, yeah and he, he looks he's another guy that looks skinny you know he's yeah. gonna continue gaining weight I don't, he's gonna be six six two eighty five before before long
0: by the end of his first year you know
1: Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be a huge dude
0: yeah, my, my only concern with him, and, and it might wind up being not a concern at all, but where does this guy fit in a four-man front? I, <laughs> yeah, I He's a 3-4 defensive end, like, absolutely. You know, there's no question about that. If we're going to be in a three-man front, that's fine. But I'm not entirely sure, like, can he play that strong side defensive end in a four-man front? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Really
1: my only concern. It's hard it's hard to say. I still don't really know what we're I feel kinda of like we're, you know do, doing the buckshot method of recruiting or it's just hoping it, it hits something, but uh, you know, this you know, scatter a wide a wide net or whatever. But um I, because him and stripling in the same class doesn't really make sense from a scheme perspective. But um I, I think so I was a little skeptical of his junior film. I thought he had great, you know, size and everything, but I didn't quite see it on as a player. I thought yeah. he took a big step his senior year. Um, he was one of the best players in Kansas, if not the best player in Kansas. Uh, he played for a pretty good uh, program in Kansas. Again, he's a guy I think will probably need a red shirt. I think mean, that's probably outside of maybe the secondary players, it's going to be a pretty common uh, statement. But I think, again, he's, we're upgrading the talent level on def- the defensive line, and I don't think you can argue that. And uh, it's going to be re- – I'm really curious to see what he looks like um, in a year or two once he's had a full year uh, in a college strength and conditioning staff because, like you said, he's huge and he still looks small. Or not small, but, you know – like he can continue to add a lot of good weight, so um, he's, he's going to be a huge, huge guy.
0: Yeah, I so I was looking on the, uh, the Sooner Sports, and they have him listed at two sixty-five right now, um, which I don't, I don't know if that is more. Real. I feel like that would be more reliable than rivals.
1: Yeah, right? probably so.
0: Um, and he also was,
1: wrestles, which yeah, is wrestles. A, which is yeah important well go ahead
0: he, he's the kind of guy that could play that three technique if he can get like because that dude he's gonna be probably six six, three hundred 300 pounds you know like he's yeah. gonna really really big and maybe like if we're playing multiple fronts he can do that when we're in the three man but if we go four man he can kind of not be completely out of place inside
1: could could he um, kind of be like charles and who, maybe a little bit i think he might about- be bigger, but something yeah. someone kind of like that.
0: Yeah, pro- I mean maybe. Um, I'm kind of thinking about you know of like Ron Tatum from last class. Like, I don't think he's that kind of athlete, but right. from size and measurable standpoint, they're similar. And I think you and I are both kind of seeing Ron Tatum slide into that three technique next year. Yeah, for sure. Front and so if I mean if Ron Tatum can do it, maybe maybe Marcus Hicks can too.
2: Um,
1: yeah, three technique will. would be really interesting because you don't see three techniques that tall that often i mean Uh, jordan phillips did that but i mean i don't know it'd be really i keep saying this it'd be interesting but um it's just it's hard to project until we know what type of defense we're going to be running but i think what you're seeing is a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things and uh yeah so they can be Uh, flexible at least oh
0: yeah yeah for sure um all right, let's go on to uh, LaRon Stokes. Uh, this guy, JUCO transfer from NEO, originally from Tulsa, one of the two native Oklahomans in the entire class, which is just kind of interesting to me. Uh, yep. I also think that he got the lamest cover out of all of the uh, yeah all the final. <laughs> Lincoln covers.
1: also That's... tagged the wrong guy whenever he did his tweet. Did you oh, see God. that? No. He, he tagged some other guy named LaRon Stokes on Twitter. <laughs> that, uh, that poor guy was probably getting tweeted out all day.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Um, this guy's really interesting to me because I don't think that the measurables that I've seen on him are accurate.
1: No, he's huge. He,
0: he looks massive. He's listed at 6'4", but I just no, he's
1: bigger I than think that, that
0: he's probably 265 right he's, now.
1: I think he's 6'5" 275. Yeah, he looks bigger than whatever that that he definitely looks bigger than that to me.
0: Yeah, and then if you watch this film like he's a dude that's rushing the passer from outside and looking really really athletic doing it, you know? And like honestly, I don't know how this guy wasn't getting tons of offers, you know? Like we all Yeah, offered- he must have just been
1: a, a bloomer of some some way. I don't know. He's he fits the size and strength and speed and uh, all that type of stuff narrative that, and he's a defensive lineman, which are at premium. So usually those guys are, you know, people are turning over rocks and everything just to try and find those guys. So it is surprising. Um, But you kind of, he, so he got OSU, Oklahoma state and uh, Oregon in the last few weeks. And I think Virginia tech was trying to get him to visit, uh, but as soon as OU offered, it, it sounds like he grew up in a, a, an OU fan. And so we were able to, you know, close that deal pretty quickly. Um, and I think, it, especially with the Imani Bledsoe situation, I think it worked out pretty well because I think he's going to be needed to uh, play real snaps next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's a guy that I think. I don't have the same concerns about him fitting into a four man front and a three. I think he's got enough versatility. He's going to be able to find a role pretty much regardless of the defense that we play. Um, so that's, that's really, I mean, that's a really good quality.
2: I think he's no
0: idea what our defense is going to be. You need guys like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go a couple more, right? Uh, let's go to Joseph Wete. Um, this guy from Washington, D.C., number one player in the D.C. area, and he's really more of a just pure pass rushing defensive end. You know, he's listed at, you know, he's 6'3", 210-ish pounds, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, he's really, to me, he's a jack linebacker.
1: Uh, right. But he's, he's like a – what? I was going to say, he's, to me, is kind of a like the, a natural jack linebacker. He's kind of what I – I would picture in my head if I'm thinking of what does that guy look like.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, you know, he's a guy that, you know, even if he's in a four-man front, though, he's going to be able to at least play like a stand-up defensive end position, you know, so I don't think that there's too much of a concern about him, like, not being able to find a role. Um, But this is a guy that, like, I thought for sure at some point this year we were going to hear him, oh, he's visiting – I don't know, Penn State or something, you know? Um, but the dude never wavered once, you know? Like, he just committed, and then that was just pretty much all you heard about it, you know?
1: And Yeah, he's, he's probably, he might have been the quietest commitment we had in the class. He like, was, you didn't hear a peep out of him.
0: You remember uh, Miguel Edwards was the same way.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. You, remember,
0: you would think a guy from Florida last year, but, like, yeah, both guys. They just you never heard anything from them, and then signing day came, and they just they signed. You know, there was never any concern. Like, I mean, it's awesome. And then if you watch his film, like the dude can get after the passer. You know, like he's. You know, I know initially whenever like the initial scouting report, like after his junior year, like I know Josh McQuiston on uh, on Sooner Scoop was talking about how he's got really good length but not quite the the athlete that um you know like mark jackson or somebody like that is but he's got better length than those guys but mm-hmm. i saw a lot more athleticism from him and after his senior year um especially even on just the clips that they showed like on the signing day show you're like holy crap that dude he's getting to the passer pretty effortlessly so i'm mm-hmm. i'm pretty excited about this he played game.
1: for he played for a pretty good program in uh, the D.C. area also. I think they yeah. won their – I don't know if it's, if they play in a Maryland state – I don't know how that works. But uh, they won their version of a state championship. So um, they, they beat DeMatha, I think is what I heard, So, which is a big well-known high school. So, yeah, I, I, he's – I'm curious to see kind of where he fits, especially with whatever the new uh, coordinator – wants to run, but um you can never have too many pass rushers, so uh, um, absolutely, uh, yeah,
0: um so let me pull up the class one more time. I'm getting super unorganized, guys <laughs> with my tabs
2: um
0: yeah, we talked about stripling uh I guess for we should talk about the last guy that might come at, in February, okay. Um, David is his name. He's a four-star defensive end from the Houston area, and to me, I like he's like position-wise very similar to Joseph Wete. I just like him better in pretty much every way. Um, yeah, I, I I'm like, a big Wete, fan. Yeah, I don't dislike Wete, but Aguegbu is just a step above him.
1: Yeah, he I. I see a lot of we talked about this previously. I see a lot of Gino Grissom. Yeah. Especially after you made that comparison. And I actually think he's more he has more twitch. Maybe not he maybe not quite the physical presence that Gino was, but I see a six three, six four, two hundred and twenty pound guy right now that's able to really run and change direction. He plays tight end also. He's pretty good at it. Um I I see a Someone who's a really pretty good athlete, uh, who has who has the size also and can rush the passer. I I think I don't know. I'm pretty excited about because it's again it's another OU versus A&M battle. And there's some rumblings that A&M will no longer take him because he went uh, on a visit right before signing day to College Station, did not commit. He was adamant he wanted to wait till February for whatever reason. Um, And A&M just thinks they might not be able to wait that long. So, again, it's another guy kind of like Marcus Strickland that might fortuitously fall into OU's lap, not because other schools don't want him, but more because, you know, just OU might be willing to wait as longer and wait these other schools out. uh, They fill up. So it's just kind of OU's gain at this point.
0: Right, and I, I think a lot of his waiting ha- probably, if I were guessing, it probably has to do, he wants to see who is going to hire, and not that, yeah, like, yeah.
2: that's
1: a big that, huge sure. thing,
0: but, like, he doesn't want to want them to hire some, like, jackass that he hates or something. Yeah. You know what
1: I, mean? like, and I think that's completely, I'm surprised more, if, if it was me, and this is taking my Homer hat off, if it was me and I'm trying to look at things just as straight, you know, evaluate, evaluating it as... Uh, Unbiased as I can, I would make the same decision. I would want to know who the defensive coordinator is going to be before I signed with that school. Um, so, I th- I can't blame him at all. Right.
0: Yeah. So, real quick, um, I just want to, if you could compare this defensive line, assume assuming we get a Wake Boo, comparing that to the 2018 defensive line, which which class do you think is stronger? I think. You know, just I think
1: 2018 be, is still stronger.
0: I agree. Like I, I, think the top end talent there, the the Jalen Redmond, Ronnie Perkins, Michael Thompson,
2: like yeah. I think
0: top end talents there. But I think they complement each other pretty nicely.
1: Yeah, you know? and it's I just, would have liked like, to see a little bit better true defensive tackle, just because I don't, I don't, again, I, I don't, I'm not hating on J- Derek Green. I'm just a little skeptical of him. So right. if he can be I, if he can be Jordan Wade, then I am completely happy with this. You know, with that. So, um. yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, let's move on to linebacker, and this is going to be a quick one because there's only one guy to talk. About. <laughs> only one guy. Uh, yeah. Good old, good old Tim Kish. Uh, he did his job this year. He got a guy, um, Jonathan Perkins. Um, I like him.
2: Thank you. He's
0: a three-star linebacker from California. Um, six foot, 215 pounds, you know, he's just, he's small. Like I just, I can't get too excited about him because I just think he's always going to be physically limited. Um, Even, I think he has the instincts. I think his game fits the Big 12 relatively well, but there's always going to be those elite matchups that he's going to struggle.
1: Yeah, I think best case scenario for him, I think would be kind of Curtis Bolton. I don't think he has the same pass rush ability, but I think he's also not going to take as long to become decent because okay. he's played inside linebacker. And Curtis Bolton was a defensive end in high school, um, so there's a little bit of give and take there. But you know, I, I think okay. he's eventually going to be a six foot, two hundred twenty five pound linebacker. Maybe Dom Alexander, maybe. Yeah, uh,
0: sure. I hope so. Like, yeah, if we, get, if we can get a Dom Alexander out of him, like that's fine. Yeah, you it's not. Know, it's not a, it's
1: not a yeah, game, he, but it's. The fine. Thing I like about him, you know, he's he. I think he's a. I actually like him. Like, I think he's a good player. I just think people. He's not afraid of con. He's played the position before, which is not very common with guys. We tend to recruit. It seems like. Uh. Right. So I mean, I think he's just not an an extremely dynamic athlete, and he's a little undersized um which i think can, is fine for the most part in the big 12 but whenever you play alabama or, or georgia and you're going against you know elite running backs and elite offensive linemen that can kind of bite you so um yeah. i think he's a good player but you know I, I don't expect any buckus level play out of him i guess sorry sorry yeah. sorry john
0: yeah, no, if he, if he turns into Curtis Bolton, perf- I'm perfectly happy with that. That would be great.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Bolton,
0: he's really come through. When, like, Can you imagine what this defense would have looked like this year without him?
1: Uh, uh, or, yeah. <laughs> bad enough with him. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, all right, let's move on to the defensive backs. We already talked about Jeremiah Crudell. Um. We already talked yeah. about I.D. Armin. Um let's talk let's talk about Woody Washington because this is um our highest rated defensive back and I believe our highest this is our highest rated defensive player uh, He's a corner yeah
1: player.
0: and
1: a, a, a rival Do sure. what? I was going to say yeah I, on rivals he's the highest rated for sure.
0: Yeah. Um you know he was a you know top 100 player in the country. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: he he was top rated,
2: 50
1: I think.
0: Top 50? Yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm like borderline five-star. He wasn't that far away from that kind of ranking. So
1: um, yeah, rivals really liked him.
0: Yeah. So, and like another guy that just, he just never wavered, you know? And like, this guy was extra interesting to me because when he committed, OU basically told him, Hey, will you commit this day? And he was like, yeah, I'll do that for a moment. <laughs> because that was like right, right around the time. We lost out on a couple of other, like, Eric Young committed. Like, we were just kind of losing some momentum. I think Chris Steele had just committed to USC. So we were kind yeah. of losing some momentum on some guys that we thought we had a chance at. And and then we were able to go to Woody Washington and be like, hey, will you commit this day to kind of help with our recruiting momentum? And he was like, yeah. And then he never wavered once, you know? Like, just an unbelievable recruiting job done on this kid from the, like, SEC country. You know, you would think as soon as Mike Stoops got fired, probably every SEC school was, like, asked, like, hey, are you sure you want to go there? And he just, he never would have
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he had Ohio State, Notre Dame. I mean, he had a lot of big offers, so uh, he's one of those guys that was, I mean, it sounds funny to say a late bloomer in high school, but that's kind of what he was. He he uh, He was stuck behind a few Um, power five level guys in his high school because he played for a good high school apparently in Tennessee uh and he so he didn't start until he was a junior then he kind of blew up you know in the camp circuit and everything like that uh he said he wanted to come to the big 12 because you know they throw the ball a lot so he has you know a lot of competition a lot of chances to make plays um he's got good size i mean he, he checks a lot of boxes i think the only knock on him is maybe he's not you know a 4-4 guy uh but i mean there are plenty there are plenty of great corners that are 4-4 guys so um i don't know i i, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he plays next year um i kind of expect it to be honest And i think yeah. with his size he could potentially play safety but i'm hoping not i'm hoping he stays a corner uh I
0: think, and I
1: think, go ahead.
0: Well, just from a size standpoint, like he's he's automatically going to be one of our bigger corners. Not to say he's not like massive or anything, but he's going to be one of our bigger right. corners. Um, and I think that that might have been an emphasis on the secondary class. Um, I think they yeah. finally figured out that oh, I don't need a bunch of midgets that can you know change direction really fast because they're not <laughs> able to make the play when the ball. Yeah,
1: comes. they're, they're getting... Well, I think it's smart because if you're looking at your biggest competition, theoretically, the next, you know, foreseeable future, really, in the in the conference, it's probably Texas. And look at what Texas is doing with their wide receivers. They're going with size. All yeah. their wide receivers outside of the little Jake Smith guy this year are like 6'4". So we can't just continuously roll out 5'7", 180-pound, or 5'11", 180-pound corners because we're just going to get... Abused in the biggest yeah. games, so well, you have uh, to start matching it with some physicality as well.
0: If you look around the entire conference, every team has big receivers, you
1: know. Like, it, I don't
0: yeah. know like the idea that well, the Big 12 is just a bunch of small guys running, that's, you know,
1: it's fair, that's true,
0: never accurate. You know, it was accurate at OU, like that's how OU was, <laughs> but I mean, OSU yeah, always true. had big dudes, Baylor had big dudes, like
1: West Virginia. Any of those yeah, well, or did yeah,
0: I Iowa State's had some really big receivers like
1: yeah
0: need to compete in this league and for whatever reason we didn't really figure that out until this yeah, year. That's a good point.
1: Yeah has it's a great point.
0: Um okay all right let's go okay.
1: what uh, I was gonna say next Jaden Davis.
0: Yeah Jaden Davis let's move on um a little bit more in the mold of the the smaller guy um Listed at 5'11", 165. I don't think he's actually 165. I think that's an old measurement.
1: See what yeah, what I mean. kind of light.
0: Yeah, I mean, the OU's got him at 5'10", 170. He is a smaller guy. Um, I will say, you know, like, I know we just kind of ragged on these kind of players. Um, he did play it at, St. Thomas Aquinas. He played at one of the best high yeah. schools. You know, playing elite competition. You know, so there's something to be said in that regard. And, like... If you're looking for an offer list, like this guy's offer list is about as good as you're going to find for anyone in our entire class.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, part of that I'm sure is just because every, if every high school or every college goes through St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, if you, if you don't, you're not really doing your job very well. Um, yeah. So he's seen by dozens and dozens of staffs. Um, and I mean, it, it's just kind of, you know, it's one of those things. It's a validation of, Hey, this guy's talented. He, he can come help us. Um, you know, he's, I don't expect him to play immediately, but you know, he's, he's played really good competition. He's played South Florida, you know, arguably as good of a location in the country to play, you know, for high school football. So, I mean, who knows it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I expect him not to play, but I could I can definitely see, you know, I mean, who, who expected Trey Norwood to play two years ago? I think we're in a better place than we were two years ago, but, you know, it's one of those things where if he was playing midway in the year and getting, you know, backup snaps, then that wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, watching his film, honestly, he reminds me a little bit of Trey Norwood. Um, just the fact that, like, He's just always with the guy, you know, and yeah, obviously yeah. Still making the play. So that's going to be where he's going to have to separate himself from Trey Norwood. Is it like, can't does he have the ability to make the plays when he's in the right position? Because that's yeah. just Trey Norwood's biggest
1: problem. I think um, he's a little bit more physically gifted, but yeah, yeah like style wise, I can see it.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't. I don't hate him. I. Like, I think he's probably. Other than the white safety, he's probably my least favorite of the group in the secondary. But I I still think he's got some potential. Um, And I think maybe a new secondary coach might help matters as well. Um, Last guy in the secondary, um, Jamal Morris. And this guy, like, you you look at this kid and lack of size is not going to be something that uh, comes to mind. This This dude is Jamal yeah
1: yeah he's a. Uh, I, so i think he is a very natural strong safety um and which is funny because you know people that go see them his team he plays on the same high school team as eric young who ended up signing with a&m as what's a fringe five-star guy and there's two, two things that i always see that kind of surprise me is that more is is more the alpha of the secondary uh he's the guy that everyone seems to rally around not eric Young, which is interesting uh, uh just because it, it's typically you think of the higher rank guy as being that guy but it's apparently it was more as morris who's a four star so it's not like he was you know lowly recruited but he was an also you know french five star um and then the thing about morris is whenever i watch his highlights i see man that's that guy's a strong safety but you hear people talk about how he looks more natural and you know potentially in coverage and that sort of thing and maybe he's not the dynamic athlete but just someone that kind of makes plays and just all that again we're, now we're getting into cliche territory but i'm not quite sure where he's going to play uh strong or free i don't think OU OU always says that they that they're not that different in their schemes, so who knows? But um, I, he's one of those guys where, from what I've read about him and what I've heard about him, I really expect him to play. I don't know if next year, but I do expect him to play a lot. Um, I've seen, you know, potential future team captain thrown around, which, so that kind of that tells me that he's someone that would will be, you know, good for the locker room guys tend to follow him, that sort of thing. So um, I think he also was given some awards by the Houston Touchdown Club, so he's well recognized in the city. So all that to say, uh, I'm pretty excited about him. We haven't had a good, you know, we haven't had many true good safeties in the last few classes. Um, and, And then especially those that are that big really just Robert Barnes which I think is probably a fairly good comparison for Morris maybe so uh I um, go ahead
0: I look at, at Morris compared to Barnes is that I think Morris is a just a more natural mover like Barnes looks kind of awkward at times you know like his, yeah it's almost like Barnes's limbs are longer you know like He's just all arms and legs, and I—that's not what I see. With I see a more well put together yeah. guy. Um, and so I, you know, I really like I like him all more. It's a lot. He's going to be an early enrollee. Um, yeah, that's true. All if he's if he's a starter next year, you know. And imagine. I've
1: forgotten that, so I think he. that's yeah, a great point. I think that will help him a lot in being able to play as a true freshman.
0: Yeah, can you imagine if we go from, like the little dudes that we started this year with we started with Buki and was it Khalil Houghton um, yeah. and to go from that to like Robert Barnes and Jamal Morris like that'd be pretty amazing like just from a size standpoint you know like just those dudes are big and um, you would probably not see uh, uh, missed tackles in space
1: well especially if tiny gets in there I mean Okay. <laughs> he's not Miss <Mr>. Tackles. <laughs> yep. No, he's not.
0: Um, but yeah, no. I Jamal Morris and Woody Washington, I think are big time guys that are going to be able to find Yeah, probably next. I year. think
1: they're. yeah, th- those two and Credell, I think are the best bets to uh to play as true freshman. I don't know if Credell will be To me Cradell is a natural nickel. Now, if he plays nickel, I don't know. Whenever I watch him, it just screams nickel in my head. So, um He's kind of that hybrid corner safety. He's he's pretty physically stout, developed. He can handle the, you know, playing up near the line. I see a nickel. So I'm really interested in seeing, especially if OU starts playing, you know, five-base DB, Alex Grinch, if he's, you know, if he's uh, hired as the defensive coordinator, which I don't know if he will be or not. But if it's something like that, it makes a lot of sense to me to have, you know, Cradell is your full-time nickel, but I guess we will see on that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that pretty much covers the entire class. Um, and I think we, as we went, we covered all the guys that are just going to have a chance with in February. Um, I think Danielson. Oh,
1: I- one more probably. is uh Oh yeah, there you go. Danielson. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think he's one guy that, along the offensive line, you know, just to add to that group of guys for Bill Biedenbeau. You know, another guy that just, you know, he's a Bill Biedenbeau guy. So I don't really have much concerns there, so.
1: He's um, big, he's, uh, I think he's Nigerian. You know, he's not, he, I I believe he immigrated to the States and he is like 12 or something like that. So he's still probably a little bit new to the game. Uh, He's from Rockhurst. Kansas City area, um, yeah. he's large. <laughs> I think yeah. he's like 6'6 already, north of three hundred. I mean, he's a big dude. So he's he's a tackle. He's probably a right tackle, um, but he could probably play guard if he if pressed to do so. Maybe a little bit like Daryl Simpson last year. Probably not not quite as big, but similar, you know, skill set. Um, I don't know. I think. Again, he's just one of those guys where I think in two years time you just want to that huge wall that Beanbo seems uh Yeah seems intent on, you know, building up.
0: Absolutely. Um okay, so we covered, you know, we covered the OU class, we covered Justin Fields. Um any other storylines from around the country that you were following yesterday?
1: Well, there's a there is one that's very uh, pertinent to the state of Oklahoma, and that is Dax Hill flipping back to Michigan after having flipped to from Michigan to Alabama just a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it was going to come, so it kind of caught me by surprise yesterday morning as I was scrolling through Twitter. Um, but it's a big big gift for Harbaugh for sure. Um, I, I guess I know I've heard that jacks you know values is one of the rare recruits that whenever they talk about education actually means like level of education not just like support staff (laughs) so i i guess that's what uh what was the you know the one of the biggest draws along, along with you know they're excellent defensively until they play good offenses in ohio state but um Don Brown and Harbaugh and everything like that. I think you know he he might have had a little bit of concern of them potentially leaving, but that was debunked. So I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really interesting. I'm I'm not I'm a little happy that he's not going to be at Alabama just because you know it's I don't have to see him win like multiple national titles. Um, yeah. But you know, best of luck to him. I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. No. That was certainly not, uh, not a storyline I was expecting when I woke up yesterday. Mm Because he's relatively early in the day. So I kind of wonder, yeah. Any, like, what if Harbaugh was like, hey, can we screw with Alabama and have him go over there and commit for a bit? Yeah. Probably didn't happen, but I want to see that. I want to see a coach do that sometime, you know? Like, oh, go decommit from us, go commit to the rival and then sign with us on sign.
1: Yeah. It's a a, a long play for, uh, for, You know, the bigger signing day storyline. It kind of reminds me of uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins way back, you know, building. he was hyping up OU in Florida and then he committed to Washington and he said he did it just because he wanted it to be a bigger story when he committed to Washington. You remember that? I don't. Yeah, that was one of the first kind of those types of scenarios that I remember uh, back in the day.
0: Yeah, that was one I remember him like that. He was in one of the first recruiting classes that I really started following. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so that's that's interesting. I don't remember that, but um, yeah, I, I think really, you know, Sam Howell decommitting from Florida State and going to North Carolina to play for Mac <laughs> Brown kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, um, oh, our favorite, uh. X or AM tight end coach X <laughs> I was very excited on Twitter yesterday about that. I don't know if you saw that Mr. Brewster.
0: Oh, Mr. Brewster. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That guy's the worst, man.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> I am so glad he's never like, he like there's been, there have been rumors before about him coaching at Oklahoma and like, that would have been horrible. Like I, I just would have hated it.
1: You know? I think he's one of those guys where you love it if he's recruiting for you and hate him if he's recruiting for anybody else. Nope. Because nope. he's good He's good at it. You can't deny yeah. that he's good at it. So,
0: Just so annoying, though.
1: Um, I'm just okay. glad he's not at Texas anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's just talk about Oklahoma State because that's really what I want to talk about. Because... Yeah,
1: go
2: for it.
0: <laughs> this – like I don't think – if you just look at the two signing days in the state of Oklahoma yesterday from like the real schools, you know, sorry, Tulsa. um, It could not have been any more different, you know, like Oklahoma, you know, OU goes all out, man. They've got videos that they make. They put a lot of effort into making. Um, They threw a freaking party last night that had like,
1: Life yeah, what was we'll, we'll up with that? They were live streaming that, and I clicked on it, but it's basically just a bunch of people sitting at tables with, like, music playing in the background. Like, I didn't see any audio or, or hear any audio or anything like that. I'm not sure what That's was going on there.
0: I didn't either. I just uh, I just saw, like, them walk down, like, the red carpet where they had all of yeah. the, the cutouts.
1: The life-size cutouts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, oh, yeah, OU went all out. Obviously, most people probably saw the video after the Jeremiah Crudell commitment. I'm like, that was pretty cool. You know, Lincoln going nuts. Um, Yeah.
1: Didn't didn't really look like a guy that wants to go to the NFL to me, but what do I know?
0: at all. Um, But then you you contrast that with what Mike Gundy did yesterday. And, like, it's just, has Mike Gundy quit trying? Does he care anymore?
1: He's become a very crotchety old man, which is funny. But uh, if I was an OSU fan, I'd be not very happy. So,
2: wow.
1: so, as a resident OSU fan, how do you feel about it?
0: Well, for the first time, I feel like it might be time for Mike Gundy to go. Um, mm. i I mean, even before I became a diehard Oklahoma State fan. Right. I, I, ex- I respected what Mike Gundy did, has done at Oklahoma State. Like, he, he, they were not a well-thought-of football program when he got there, you know?
2: But yeah.
0: he's made them – since he's been there, they've basically been, like, the third-best team in the Big 12 for his tenure um, consistently. And yeah. It just seems like the last couple years – something has changed in the way he is kind of approaching things. You know, like I remember going into 2017, like you could tell he was very excited. Like he thought he had a team that could get it done.
2: You know, you
0: know, he talked about it and it was like, Oh wow. Like he's, he feels like he's got something, but ever since, you know, they lost to OU that year, they lost three games, three games at home in 2017. Like, I think he's just been a different coach. Like, he was an asshole this year. Like,
2: not...
1: <laughs> but like, like well, yeah, there's the tendency to do that. I mean, the the year of the uh, re-kick, he was, on, he was legit on the hot scene, and he was kind of getting into uh, some contentious press conference moments. Uh, um, so, I mean, I think... I don't know. I think whenever he, he starts to struggle, he tends to lash out a little bit. Um, he always provides a good quote, though. So, at least he has that. Oh, yeah.
0: But, like, imagine, you know, like, think about, it. like, Lincoln Riley is doing everything he can do to relate to these guys, and he's really, yeah. really good at it, and then Mike Gundy is basically calling all of these kids, like, <laughs> idiots, people, you know, he's, like, always well, on millennials and stuff, and then...
1: What, know, I, I, what I loved about his quote that I saw circulating around, where he's saying, you know, we try to get the good quarterbacks around here, but they all go elsewhere, so so we have to uh we had to go you know further out to find guys that really fit our system which which is you know it's the truth like i i i get that but you don't you shouldn't say it like out loud cuz yeah. then you're basically you know saying that, telling the guys that the quarterback that did commit to you that's like hey we didn't really want you but you're the best we could do <laughs> so it's like yeah, what do you know. really
0: then i don't know not how really friends, friends are the most, uh, today. Let me so look. Let's take a look at Brendan Costello's uh, offer list: Oklahoma State, Army, Brown, Eastern Michigan, Idaho State, UC Davis, and Georgia is listed. But I'm very Georgia. skeptical of that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Georgia got flipped an Ohio State quarterback today yeah. or yesterday. So, um, yeah, I mean. Brown's a good school. I mean, I would rather live in uh, Rhode Island than um, Stillwater, but. Yeah, same.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know how uh, Brendan Costello probably is feeling about, you know, his coach saying basically we got you because we couldn't get anyone that lives closer, you know? Um, yeah,
1: I mean, you, you, you could have just made up the name Brendan Costello, and to be honest, I wouldn't have even known if you were joking or not. I had no idea who their quarterback was. Um, he's sort of. Rancho Santa Margarita. Isn't that the same school that Cacatero went to? I'm looking at his profile right now. Something uh, like that.
0: I think you might be
1: right. His, <laughs> his picture, so he's six foot 183.
0: I'm seeing San Clemente.
1: San Clemente? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. I cl- actually clicked on it and the high school changed. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Yeah,
0: so I mean, I don't know. I I just I think I don't know. I think Mike Gunny might be nearing the end of his tenure. Um, I think he's got a got...
1: thirty-eight inch vertical. Just wow. throw that out there. It's there quite the vertical for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I want to point out. I do like Trace Ford. I think that's probably their best get in this class. Yes, I,
1: I saw like, Trace I... Ford in the playoff game against Union, and that guy is good. Uh I'm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I like Igwebu, I like Wete, but I think we might regret not offering him in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, t- I tend to agree. Um, and then they have two Xaviers in the same class, so.
1: Oh, well, we have four Marcuses, so check.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I, will, I like Grayson Boomer, too. I think he's got some potential, but, like, just not a lot of notable guys. Like, I just, they don't have anyone yeah star in their entire class. And like that to me, like just being up at Oklahoma State and I know Stillwater isn't the greatest place ever.
1: I actually like Fair. Stillwater. I through yeah. the campus. The the town itself. I I'm not a huge fan of the town, but I like the campus. So
0: Yeah, like the facilities are great at OSU. Um and people go play at a lot of crappy towns in the country. Oh
1: yeah. Starkville. Like
0: Starkville, yeah. <laughs> are a lot of places that people will go play football you know but i i don't know what this i think mike gundy maybe just doesn't care like he just you know he knows he's not going to get the vast majority of the high-end guys that he goes after so he just doesn't try and that's to me the complete wrong way to go about it like if if i'm i'm you know casting as wide a net as i possibly can to see what, who will stick, you know, because you've got to do everything you can to try to... If you want to compete with Oklahoma, like, that's what you got to do, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, It. there's no reason that they shouldn't, every year, be battling for the third-best class in the yeah. conference. But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I understand TCU has a, you know, a, a location advantage, and, you know, I mean, there's ex, there's... Pros and cons to every school, but they should never be, you know, middle of the road or lower. And it seems like too often they are, and they rely on evaluating and, you know, developing, which is fine. But um, they should be starting. There's, they should be able to do that with higher ranked classes. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you. they've had too much success the last five years to be doing these types of classes.
0: Yeah, have you seen the uh, like their blue chip ratio?
1: No, I've seen the big. Well, I, I have. I just don't remember what it is off offhand. I guess. I think it's. Like, I remember the whole Big Twelve was just you know dreadful outside of OU in Texas.
0: Yeah, OU's actually they're up to sixty percent, which is nice. kind of crazy to me because just like two years ago we were at like forty percent, or three years ago we were four yeah. percent. So like it's pretty inc- Incredible. Uh, what we're doing. Um, right. Stack a class. That's how you do it. Absolutely. You know Alabama is at like seventy nine percent.
2: I'll screw them. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, Oklahoma State is at eight percent at this point, which is insane to me. Um, TCU's at twenty one percent. Like, how is TCU over double what Oklahoma State is? You know, like that doesn't. I know. What? Come on. West Virginia have yeah. a higher blue chip ratio than Oklahoma State does now.
2: Like, okay. okay.
0: That, yeah. You know, like, I, it's – I, I don't know. They just need to do better. Like, they just try harder, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's, they just don't take it seriously enough.
0: Yeah. Nope. I,
1: I don't know what their support staff looks like, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, OU support staff is a huge coup or is a huge help. So Right.
0: Yeah, I think I saw that they might have the uh, the lowest recruiting budget in the in the conference, which
1: is yeah. I heard, I heard something about that recently. That's kind of why I was thinking about it. Mike Holder doesn't needs to uh, reallocate some funds.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's why maybe Gundy is like, I'm doing what I can with what I've got, you know, and like, so maybe Gundy's kind of lashing out to prove a point, you know, that he doesn't have the resources he needs. So um, maybe hmm. they put that yeah. to. Him. I
1: don't know. Um, He's good, I mean, I think, he, I think he is a good coach. So, I mean, if, yeah. if OSU is not going to give him the support that he needs, then, I mean, it, right. he should go to Tennessee whenever Pruitt inevitably fails. So, we'll see.
2: Yep.
0: All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're going on for a, a very long time. Um, yeah. So, now it's time for my least favorite part of the podcast. Um, Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma drill. If you like our podcast, please rate or, and, or review us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Alex P. Purdy at RW Maxie, at not that Sam Davis. Nathan Hills tweets are protected. He doesn't want you to follow him.
1: I do not. <laughs> Please, if you're, if you, I mean, feel free to request. Just don't expect any uh, acceptance.
0: Yep. Not even going to throw out the handle there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's going to be it. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the uh, the playoff game coming up. Now yeah, there's a game again.
1: coming up, I heard. Yeah, pretty Where's crazy. Do what? Is it in the Fargo uh, Dome? Is that what somewhere, it is?
0: Yeah, uh, it's somewhere up north, I think, so. Mm, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll find we'll, out
1: we'll,
0: we'll find Get out on old last
1: Jeeves. Ash Jeeves. And we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, we'll get on Ask Jeeves and then we will hit you with that information. So you guys will know when and where to watch the game. So,
1: yeah, make um, sure to call into your local radio to ask when, when time the game's on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So that'll be it. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma drill. Bye.